We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. What is up, Jack? We are almost finished this player preview series. Uh, make sure you listen to all of them. Um, I will let you tell them where you can find it, Nicholas. You can find it on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OGGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. So pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts and whatnot. And like Jack said, we're pretty much almost done. Make sure you listen to Karis LeVert one like three times. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the Rooks, Jana Musa, Rodion Kurox, you know, both international guys. We'll start with Musa. 29th overall we'll kind of review his draft profile also you can go back and check out our draft recap we really went in depth on these guys and the skill set they can bring the potential they have this will kind of be a quick overview of that and to start with Musa you know score he's got that offensive game he can catch fire very confident has some nice handles can work in that pick and roll he can be a little reckless at times and the defense is going to be the biggest question mark for him what are your thoughts on Musa and what you saw pre-draft and you know so far I guess in a little bit of action of preseason yeah, the obviously the action the preseason has been uh, limited due to that uh, injury in the a game against Finland, I believe. Um, you know, Nick uh, Nicholas Letourneau of NetsRepublic.com has done some uh, really nice breakdowns of him. If making sure you're checking out NetsRepublic.com for that, but yeah, he's shown some uh, uh, even some ability as a ball handler. It seems like every guy that the Nets get, they somehow develop into being, you know, a lead ball handler and can play play make a little bit. He's shown uh, some savviness there. I like his, I like his, uh, I like his mentality more than anything, Nick. I, I, and the same with Rodion's as well. I really like that he's, you know, he's confident. Uh, he's got the skills. You know, this is a guy that could have projected to go a lot higher had it not been for the fact that a lot of teams wanted to just stash him. Um, so I think the Nets probably got him at a, a little bit of a bargain rate. Um, his health, and obviously, is going to be a thing uh, in terms of early season minutes. But he has all the skills and tools to be, you know, a decent scorer in the league for a very long time. 
Yeah, and like you said, Jack, you know, early, you know, when the draft was approaching, people had him as a late lottery pick as so much, and there was talk about maybe the Nets need to trade up to get him. Getting him at 29, it feels like a steal. And like you said, having another ball handler, and like you said, you know, we've only seen a little bit of action in preseason, but the floater is always something I like, especially for somebody who can run the pick and roll. Having a floater game, especially when you have a rim runner like Jared Allen who can go up and get the oops, it's a very tough defend for teams. So hopefully he can continue to work on that. Now, improvement-wise for the season, what are areas you want to see him improve this year? You know, not as much long-term, but just this season. Yeah, I think this sort of season, Nick, I want him to sort of obviously be within the net system and see how he can play within a team system. Obviously, a lot of the sort of college guys, the Euro guys, most guys don't have that sort of uh, limited sort of capacity where they're limited by what a team sort of wants because they could, they're the best guy on their team, so they can go out there and just showcase their skills. So I'm intrigued to see what Janan can provide in a team system. Uh, as well, you know, Nick uh, Nicholas Aton, I believe, spoke about it on our outlet preview series uh, when we were talking about Musa. Uh, his defense is one thing that was one to watch, but it's more about uh, the right coaching for him. We've raved about, you've raved about the Nets sort of play development coaching stuff. I think that's going to do wonders for him. And we'll obviously get to his improvements and what the coaches can do. But that will do wonders for him in terms of just positioning in terms of how to defend, you know, quality NBA at a level athletes and how to event defend and, you know, switches and, and, and those sort of things. So I think defense is the number one thing and how it can fit within a team system. Yeah, defense is definitely a big thing. Like you said, the staff will help with that. Just the fundamentals and being in the right position. I know his posture was a question, you know, with his defense. And if he can improve that, I think that'll dramatically help him. Then obviously putting on size during the season is a little bit more difficult because you're playing so many games. But you can add a little bit more size and strength throughout the year. And I think offensively, you know, it's tough to ask a rookie to be efficient. But I think you just want to get rid of some of the reckless passes and shots. You kind of want to cool it down. And, you know, every possession kind of matters in the NBA a little bit more. Yeah, I think you want to put him out there at certain times that will benefit him the most. So if the Nets are having a, a blowout win, chuck him out there for some extended time on the court with a guy like Rodion's and, and the lesser sort of guys because that gives him a little bit of confidence. You know, it certainly gave it to Rodion's in that preseason game against the Knicks despite the fact that we lost. So I think you want to give him just some reps at times where, you know, it's not necessarily going to be, you know, uh, uh, Life or death, uh, you know, the game is on the line. You know, Jana doesn't have that sort of, you know, NBA ready level IQ to sort of know when to make the right play, the right passes. So I think he needs to sort of watch the game a little bit, watch the film, learn from his teammates like Jared Dudley and, and the other guys. I think that they're going to be a, a nice standing board for him. But I think Jana has, you know, the, the skills required to be an NBA level player. And I think he's in the perfect system uh, in the team in Brooklyn. Yeah, and like you said, Jack, I think getting a minutes where there's not a ton of pressure sometimes in the like late second quarter, you know, you see coaches will put out some of the young guys, or hopefully the Nets get a couple blowouts where they can kind of play them in the fourth quarter. They're up twenty, they don't really have to worry about it. That's very uh, hopeful. But uh, <laughs> you know, how can the team? You know, we kind of talked how the coaches can help them. How can his teammates help him? I think the teammates can help him because we have a lot of young guys that have that sort of rookie experience. He's already spoken about um, how much he's connected with D'Lo and that sort of level and how he's provided for him already. I think Jared Allen, if he you know says a couple of things to him, it's just like, look, you're going to go through these sort of things as a rookie. You know, Him going into his sophomore season, he would have experienced the things that Rodion's and Jana have already experienced together and will go through together. 
you know, Jared Dudley, you know, as an NBA vet, Damari Carroll as an NBA vet. These guys can go to him and go, look, this is what you need to do. These are the fundamentals. These are the tangibles and intangible things that you need to do to be a long-term NBA player in this league. So I think his teammates, it's going to be about the advice. And I think Janan has the mentality and has the desire to be a great NBA player. So he's going to learn everything and soak up everything he can from his coaches and teammates. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Jack. I think the teammates will really help him. Like you mentioned, D'Angelo kind of took him under his wing right away. And then obviously having another international player like Rodion's, and it seems like they have a good relationship that should benefit him then when he's on the floor just try to make life easier for him just kind of set him in position to succeed don't give him the ball late in the shot clock and expect him to kind of make things happen make it as easy as possible for him to help build that confidence up even more now roll this season obviously he's going to come off the bench what are you expecting minutes wise and usage wise i think minutes wise it could be from like 12 to 14 minutes nick um i don't it could fluctuate he's is one that i'm not him and brodeons for that matter are ones that it's, it's oh. super hard to predict because we don't have anything to necessarily base it on other than, you know, a preseason game or two. So I think that it, it'll likely start very low. That's, I think you can probably say with confidence, you know, he's not DeAndre Ayton or Luka Doncic. He's not going to be going out there and getting 30 minutes a night. But if he can prove it and he can go to Kenny, look, I'm making all the right plays here. I'm nailing three-point shots. I'm making the right passes. I'm not turning the ball over a heap then Coach Kenny will go, look, maybe I'll give you 18 minutes, maybe I'll give you 20 minutes. You know, we saw Jared Allen last season, if you want to look to him as sort of a, a prototype, started off very slowly, you know, had a few games off here and there, which I think is likely to be for guys like Jana and Rodions as well, because, you know, an 82-game season, you know, they're not Luka Doncic. They didn't play that full Euro League, uh, those full sort of seasons in, in Europe, uh, especially for a guy like Rodions who will get to. So I think for me, the minutes is one thing to, that's hard to speculate. The usage might be around the 15 to 20 range because he can he can have the ball in his hands. He can be a lead playmaker. He can make that floater like you mentioned. He can create his own shots. So I think that he has the ball a little more in his hands than guys like we mentioned before like Napier and Dudley and Graham. Yeah, no, I agree. I think somewhere in that 15% plus range and then kind of go up as the season as he gets more confident. Like you said, this him and Rodion's are going to be two of the harder names to kind of predict. I think one thing that'll be interesting to talk about too is how many games he's going to play. I think 12 minutes is probably about right. And that's because I think early in the year, he'll get very little minutes. And then as the season progresses, he'll kind of boost up, which we've talked about in the past. And then I also wanted to ask you, do you think he'll spend time in the G League or it'll all be with the Nets this year? I think it'll be likely be the Nets. I think Rodion's has probably proven himself as well that um, he is on the G League roster, so he's probably going to spend more time. But I think Janan uh, is going to spend majority, if not all, his time with the Nets. I'd be very surprised. Maybe there might be some a game or two, or if, you know, he suffers maybe an ankle injury or a light uh, a light injury that he spends some time with with Long Island. But I think he's more than likely to spend the time uh, with Brooklyn as the season progresses. Yeah, I think that's a more likely scenario. I would not be surprised, though, if maybe early in the season, you know, the first week or two, they wanted to get him some reps. I know the G League season, I think, starts a little bit later, so it'll be obviously a little bit tougher. But if he's not getting minutes and they want to kind of get him in rhythm, I know the Long Island Nets run a really similar system to the Nets, if not exactly the same. So maybe if he's not getting minutes on the floor, I could see him go down there for a couple games just to get reps in. But I think majority it's going to be with Brooklyn. Now, stat-wise, which is obviously going to be extremely difficult to predict, what do you got? <laughs> Um, I'm going to go 7-3-3. Three and three. Um, I think that he does enough. He has size, you know, 6-8, six, 6-9 six, guy. Um, he has length, so I think that he can get some boards. He can run the floor a little bit. He can pass a little bit. Um, I think 7-3-3 three three is even probably a little bit generous. Um, but I think that he has the scoring capability to probably 
where he might have nights where he gets two or four, but he might have some, you know, double digit nights that sort of boosts that a little bit. So by the end of the season, that he might have those averages. If I'm somehow on the money, Nick, then I deserve some sort of, you know, Brooklyn Buzz medal or championship or trophy because it's ridiculously hard to predict like you mentioned. <laughs> you get a free jersey from the Nets. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I think, you know, pretty similar, Jack. I didn't even do rebounds. I just had seven points and two assists. What do you think in shooting-wise? I was thinking something probably around like 43% from the field and 33% from three. I know his three could look a little bit better, but I think, you know, the first year in the NBA, it might be a little bit off. Yeah, I'd probably go 42% from the field. I think he, he'll have times where he can be a little bit erratic with his yep. shot selection, um, but it's not necessarily going to be a fault of his own. Um, I, I think that he'll learn from that, and I think you'll learn from that by watching tape and just by through getting the reps, you know, getting NBA-level reps. So, uh, And I think from three as well, that's going to be super hard to predict. We haven't barely seen him take a couple from the perimeter this season. So uh, I think that tonight's game against the Knicks, you know, when we look back upon it, we could see and go, okay, well, maybe we know a little bit more now about what he can do from the perimeter. So I think 33% is a a nice number to project at. So I'll probably steal that from you as well. I like it. Now, another hard question. How many games will we play? Um, I'm going to go 64. I was going to say 65, but that seemed a little bit high. Um, I think that anywhere from, you know, the 60 to late 60s range, um, I think there'll be nights where he takes off. I think there'll be nights where, you know, his body just won't be, you know, ready. An 82-game season, you know, six months of the year, it's, it's, a, it's a long season. So I think um, even the, the best of players can't play that much. So I would say somewhere around that range. What do you think? Yeah, I got about 60 games, you know, probably a little bit more. I think someone will be, like you said, getting rest, and he'll probably, you know, every NBA player deals with like an ankle sprain or something throughout the season. And I think there'll be other games where he just doesn't play, you know, where it's a really tight game and Kenyon needs a vet, especially if like it's later in the season and they're looking to like really get into a playoff matchup. I think a lot will depend on his development too. Like we could be completely wrong and he could play every single game, much as I know. But I think it's more likely he'll play less than 80 and probably something more in that 60 range. What do you think will be the final thoughts about Musa? after the season yeah i think the final thoughts about musa after the season will be that this guy can play basketball and he's ready to play nba basketball uh long term for the nets and beyond i think that he's already bought into the brooklyn philosophy and i think him and rodeons are going to be a nice tandem duo going forward um he's he's brooklyn it's almost like he was born in Brooklyn, despite the fact that he is an international. He just has that Brooklyn buzz, that Brooklyn vibe about him, pardon my pun. But oh, I think that he's going to be, you know, an NBA-level ready player. I think we're going to go, oh, he can score a little bit. Oh, he can pass a little bit. I think we'll be surprised by, and the NBA world will be surprised by what Janan can do on a nightly basis. Yeah, I think he'll have some juice, some have some flashy plays. And I think moving forward, the Nets will have this bench piece that'll be a scoring option to bring in and give him some major punch. Do you think, you know, moving forward after the season, the team's going to, and the NBA fans will kind of think of him as a starter or more of that, like a six-man scoring punch off the bench? I think at this stage, the six-man is more likely. But I think that in terms of, we were very surprised, and I think because we didn't really know a lot, similar to with Jana and Rodion, about what Jared Allen can do. So I think, you know, if we revisit this around the trade deadline, around that all-star break, it'll be a little bit easier to project. But I think for now, but that's not to say and to put any limitations. You know, we know Coach Kenny doesn't like to put limitations on his players. Who would have thought that your boy Carlos Levert would be this you know, near triple 
No, well, of course you did, Nick. You, you've been following him since he came out of the freaking womb. Uh, but I, do, I don't understand. I think that it's better to just go, look, we don't know what these guys could be. Let's just let them flourish and let their potential sort of be untapped and not put a ceiling on them because I think that allows them to grow at their own rate and not sort of go, okay, well, you're this rim-running center. You're this, you know, scorer off the bench. You know, if you don't put the limitations on them, then I think it allows them room to maneuver and show some skills that we might not have foreseen. Yeah, I think the one thing that, like, makes Musa really exciting, too, is the potential as a passer. And I think there was, like, rumblings that maybe he grew an inch or two over the summer. And he's a guy that just, like, has a lot of length. And it'll be interesting to see if he puts on some size where he can be and just really be, like, that full offensive package. And defense is going to be the question. If he can just become a solid defender, it'll be huge for him. But like you said, we'll revisit this definitely during the season probably, like, 100 times. You know, after a good game, we'll be like, oh, this guy could be a starter next year, you know, after a bad game. <laughs> what was Sean Marks thinking? No, um, but talking Rodion's Karox, 40th overall, you know, a little bit less about him because he didn't get to play a lot last year because of some issues with the team he was on. You know, they were kind of mad he wanted to play in the NBA, which is, I guess, somewhat interesting, I guess, in my opinion. Um, but a lot of offensive potential, sneaky athletic, you know, needs to work on his defense, needs to add some more muscle. Pretty much a lot of the stuff you'll see out of a raw prospect. Raw prospect. Needs to work on his defense. He had four steals against the Knicks. Nah, I completely get what you're saying. Um, I, I think that we saw a, a really nice sort of uh, mini breakout game. You can't really call preseason games breakout games. Maybe you can for rookies, but he showed what he can do across the floor in that sort of Knicks game. You know, 13 points, four steals, two assists, four rebounds. Uh, chuck in, you know, I think that he was just really nice in terms of his versatility. Um We've talked about in that draft profile about his ability as a stretch for going forward. You know, we've got him locked up long-term as a second-round pick for four years. So I think that we're not going to rush his development. And I think that, you know, there may be games where, obviously, he's in Long Island, and that'll probably benefit his development and benefit his confidence. But I think that he's sort of out there already going, look, I'm ready to play NBA. I've proven it already. Uh, get me out there. But, you know, the game against Toronto, where he had six turnovers, probably was a little bit of a, a come-down-to-earth for him. But at the same time, you know, Toronto is one of the best teams in the NBA, let alone the Eastern Conference. So I think it's going to be about consistency, as it is for most rookies. But he has all the skills in terms of his shooting, in terms of his size, and in terms of just his hustle and energy, like with Janan. And he's another guy that it feels like the Nets got a steal because the previous draft, he was a mid-first-round pick. And then he dropped out of the draft and he was elected to go in this year being a second-round pick. So it looks like the Nets could have really got some nice talent with him. And like you said, just working on different areas of his game, and that kind of leads to improvements. In my eyes, it's just kind of polishing what he has and just kind of developing his skill set. Getting reps in the G League will probably benefit him and just adding more size and muscle and growing into that body. Yeah, I think in terms of... <clears throat> the Nets have been looking for a power forward, a stretch power forward for a very long time. Uh, we could like have forever. it. <laughs> yeah, it feels like since I've, at least since I've been following the Nets. Um, but it looks like we may have it in Rodion's Kuruks. So I think I'm excited to see what it can provide. Um, there's similar to sort of Jardim. There's no limit to what his potential could be. And, you know, I, I'm expecting, you know, to probably watch a, a little bit of G League basketball, a little bit of G League highlights, a little bit more to see what uh, Rodion's is doing a little bit more down there. But I think that he's going to be probably pushing his name up uh, a little bit uh, for the NBA, uh, sort of for the Brooklyn basketball, a, a little bit earlier than we expect as well, because, you know, he's already shown flashes and I expect him to show plenty uh, going forward throughout the season as well. 
Yeah, it's just like the energy and similar to Musa, just a little bit of fearlessness where he just wanted to go in there and kind of stick his head in there and get things dirty. And I think obviously at his opening press conference, he said he wanted to kick Porzingis's ass, you know, when they faced the Knicks. So I think you always like a little excitement like that, you know, team wise and coaching wise, you know, I'm going to ask you how they can help him improve. But I think it's more so do you think they should put him in the G League and get him a lot of reps? Yeah, I think early on, Nick, that definitely will be the plan. Um, we heard that that echoed by, you know, Nicholas Saturno as well when we were doing the outlet one. Nice little shout-outs there, so make sure you listen to that one. It's um, uh, definitely one worth listening to. It's about so an I hour think, and 30 minutes of just Nets talk. <laughs> and I mean, you can only listen to me speak for so long. So Nicholas Saturno is, uh, and, and my uh, co-host here is much more well-versed in that sort of sense. But I think, yeah, Rodion's will see some early time. But I think at the same time, because... There will be injuries here and there. There will be some late-game situations. If the Nets are playing at home, because Long Island is so close to Brooklyn, you know, you might see him, you know, in the track suit on, on the bench sort of learning and seeing what it's like to be at, an, uh, at a regular season game because, you know, he's got his taste of it already in preseason basketball. He's got that mentality, that attitude that we're going to absolutely, you know, we're already loving. So I think that Rodion's will definitely play, you know, plenty of, uh, G League basketball, but Nick, do you have a, a, a an early season projection about how many games he will play in comparison to what we were talking about with Jana? Ah, it's very tough. I think he's more dependent on injury. Obviously, Kenny said he's kind of been impressed by him in training camp so far. Ah, I feel like whatever number I pick, I'm going to either think it's too high or too low. I think, I guess, maybe like a safe bet is something right in the middle, like 40 games. What are you thinking, Jack? Yeah, I'll, I would be a little bit more optimistic. I'd just say 50, just because I'd rather be optimistic with my rookies. Um, and I think Rodion's, like you said, he's already indeed himself to Coach Kenny, and that's one step towards getting yourself some nice uh, NBA minutes. But I think it's going to be about injuries to an extent as well. The Nets do have a lot of depth in terms of their talent, in terms of NBA you know, ready talent. So it'll be tough for him to get minutes ahead of a guy like Dudley and Graham and Shabazz, all these sort of guys. So I think it's going to be about, you know, where he fits and uh, in terms of about, like, if there are games, there are back-to-backs, you know, at home, you know, we could see Rodion's play a little bit. If there are, you know, we're out on the road and, you know, he's out playing uh, in the G League in Long Island or somewhere else, then it might be a little bit tougher for him. But, you know, 40 to 50 games seems like a safe bet. Yeah, I think if he was on the Nets last season, he'd probably play 60 or 70 games just because there wasn't as much depth. And like we've talked about, they've really added to this team in different elements. So the fact that they have more, you know, NBA-level players, it's going to kind of hurt Rodion's in a sense, but also benefit him having all those veterans around to kind of teach him the small things. Do you think there's a scenario, this is somewhat off-topic, but that uh, Rodion's could end up being better than Musa? Yeah, I think that certainly is. I think a lot of people have started to jump on that bandwagon very early on. I think it's going to be about uh, in terms of what their both of their ceilings is. It seems like Rodion's has a, a ceiling where he can have a little bit more defensive capabilities and as a stretch four could do a lot of different things. So I think his versatility, it's not to say that Jana doesn't because he can play anywhere from you know one to four nearly. And we've seen him play the point guard uh, for his country, you know, earlier, um, early, a couple of months ago. So I think it's really hard to sort of project that right now. But I think that the level of competition that these type, these two will have, you know, if they're in the nets for the next four years, uh, it'll be interesting to see them sort of, you know, uh, competing against each other, so to speak, in terms of as well as bringing out the best in each other. So I think that these two guys are going to be um, a welcome duo for our nets. Uh, going forward.
Yeah, it's going to be another. I think it's going to be another nice draft class for the Nets. Obviously, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen so far for Sean Marks. Adding these two should really be another nice boost. And, you know, shout out to one of our previous episodes where we had on Pete Tolmer we were talking about the young core. He brought up Rodion's. And, you know, you and I were, like, kind of somewhat surprised about it. But then after watching him play in preseason and then seeing him get that four-year deal from the Nets, it's like, oh, maybe there is more there that it's just that he didn't really get to play last year and that kind of hurt his draft value. Yeah, I think the the fact that he wasn't able to play for Barcelona, uh, you talked about, and, and Pete, I, I trust his opinion more than you know almost anyone on NBA Twitter these days. So I think that having other people outside of you know Brooklyn Twitter and and the Brooklyn sort of you know um, environment, it shows that you know he has the the skill set, he has the capabilities to be an NBA level player, and I think that you know his time in in Barcelona and Europe was probably more of just a a downgrade of his sort of skills and probably allowed us to get him at the bargain rate that we did. And, you know, it could end up working out very nicely for the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that some teams might be like, damn, uh, they got one and we missed out yet again. Yeah, no, it definitely could. It could be two solid pieces, you know, moving forward for the Nets, not saying they're going to be all-stars or anything. Like you said, we don't like to put ceilings on guys, but it looks like there'll be two solid role players at the least for the Nets moving forward. Uh, any predictions? you want to do stat predictions for Rodion's? I think it's too hard at this stage. Yeah, to be pretty sure I was going to say, that's why I gave you the option. <laughs> but if you guys have them for us, you know, at O2G Nick, at the JMN JBT, you know, um, O2G Basketball, you know, you can hit us up if, if you think that, you know, there are some stat lines that you might see. We might see maybe uh, a 10, 5, and 5, not from a guy like Rodion's, who knows. But I think in terms of it's, it was hard enough for Jardin. Um, I think Rodion's, it'd be like trying to project the season for, for Theo Pinson. Um, it's going to be really, really <laughs> tough. But um, shout-out to Theo Pinson getting the two-way deal. I think he's going to be a really nice piece. And, and Nicholas Letourneau, again, has done um, some really good work on him. So uh, I'm really happy with how our roster has been compiled with our sort of lesser likes in terms of, you know, who are those guys from, like, 10 to 15? Yeah, and Pinson's got a lot of love on the general NBA Twitter, too, just being a guy like another nice move for the Nets. We won't be doing a player preview on him, but I'm sure we'll mention him during the season on different buzzes. Any last thoughts on the Rooks? Uh, really excited for this rookie class, Nick. You know, at the top in terms of, you know, outside of our own, this seems like a really stacked rookie class. You know, a guy like Jeanne Moussa and Rodion's could have been a lot higher, you know, if we were to go, if they were to project into next year's class because next year's said to be a little bit weaker, but it is still very early days. But, you know, Jeanne and Rodion's, I think we got um got some two nice dudes there that will play some good and they already look good in the black and white. Yeah, and, like, I think one thing that kind of can't be undersold is, like, the swag and the confidence they both have. And, like, in Rodion's case, just what we've seen in preseason is just that energy. And that's not necessarily something you always see from the international players. It's, like, his willingness to kind of do some of the dirty work. And, you know, that's something I always love with NBA players. Yeah, and I think that having that level of confidence um, for a rookie, you know, there are going to be down periods. There are going to be – it's going to be, you know, not necessarily all smooth sailing. So to have that sort of mentality about him – and having a guy like Jana next to him to sort of work off him and, and sort of, you know, be not just a, a teammate, but a friend. And they can certainly, you know, where there are those tough nights, uh, you know, grinding in the G League, having Jana with him, having Jana, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be living together in some New York high-rise apartment. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a little bit expensive to be moving over there on a, on a rookie-scale contract, but he's got a little bit of money to him. And I think there are so many guys living in Brooklyn now that I think that they're going to buy in really collectively to what the Nets are doing. And it's going to be fun to see them grow uh, in out there in our Flatbush. 
Yeah, no, it should be really fun season to see these young guys develop. And like you said, even we see some time in the G League. I think it was just announced Yes Network's going to televise some of the Long Island games. And I know on YouTube you can watch them too. So I feel like there's going to be more interest, especially if Royans is playing down there. But, Jack, that wraps it up for the, the player preview series. Big shout out to everybody who's listening. Big shout out to you, Jack, for taking all the time to do this with me. And like we said before, check us out iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, YouTube, and Dash Radio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.